hello! Welcome to the Moana Adams Podcast. I'm your host, Moana, a 15-year-old with a ton to say about mental health, wellness, self-love, and a whole lot more. So let's get into it. Hello, hello! Welcome to episode 27, where today we're talking about social media's impact, specifically on teens and, like, our daily life, and I am talking about this with Maddie. She's here with me today. Hello, hello. And Maddie's going to give us a rundown of who she is, what she does, and all of the things, and then we'll get into our segments. Yeah, um, well, you know, as Moana said, my name is Maddie. I host the Flowering Compass, which is a podcast dedicated to sharing the stories and journeys of teenagers from all walks of life. I'm currently doing a lot in the realm of, I had a place where I was going with this, but I blanked. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm doing a lot with interviewing teens on mental health and on different lifestyles. That's where I was going with this. On different lifestyles and different religions have been really fascinating me recently. So I'm doing a lot of upcoming stuff about that. Uh, and that's, that's really it. I interview teens. That's like, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love listening to your stuff. I went on her podcast. What was it? You just posted that like two weeks ago now? Yeah, I posted it about two weeks ago. Yeah. I have you're, I have a lot of pre-recorded episodes. So it's like yeah, by the time they actually get way, posted, it's like a month later. Yeah, you're way ahead. This will probably go out in two weeks. You're like so far ahead compared to me. I'm like trying to get them pumped out like way back. And I put off editing till like the day before. I, I do that as well. Yeah. So all of Maddie's information will be in the episode notes. You can go and follow and listen to all of her stuff because she's awesome. And yeah, let's do our segments because we have a lot to cover today. Yes. So my currently loving is beach life. I spent the last four-ish days in Hilton Head, which met, which was my first time being there. A lot of people on the East Coast go there and like those East Coast islands often, but I'd never been. And it was really fun, and I did not want to leave. Um, But we came home, and it was just so much fun. It was gorgeous, and I just love the ocean so much. Like, my name has always been really important to me, and that's kind of like when I was younger, I felt really connected to the ocean. And I hadn't been in the ocean in two years because while we were traveling, we didn't go to the beach, but twice, I think, and it was cold. Um, so I am loving beach life and I wanted to come back and now I'm very excited for summer. Okay. What is your currently loving? I honestly have to say, and I, this is kind of a weird one. We just talked about it, but editing my podcast, I've had a lot of good interviews recently and I've just have really enjoyed editing my podcast. It's like something that's really, really simple. Um, I go to a local coffee shop of mine a lot and I just like, I'll chill there and I'll just edit for like two hours on end. Um, and I've just been really enjoying it recently. It's just one of those little things in my life that's like, you know, it's just, it's just enjoyable. That's good for you. I hate editing so much. I cannot stand it. I like, I never want to sit down and do it. And I enjoy doing it once I actually start doing it. But like Mm -hmm. the actual task itself, like is just always moving on my to-do list, like farther down. Yeah. 
I don't know how you edit in a coffee shop either because my family, I'll be editing like in my room with the door closed and I'll hear one thing and I'm like, everybody shut up. <laughs> trying to edit. That's impressive. Yeah. No, I think it's because I'm editing other people's interviews so I don't have to listen to myself talk for like an hour and a half. I'm listening to other people talk. So I'm like reliving the interview. So that's also, I think, part of why I enjoy it so much. Yeah, that's true. You get to like actually appreciate the information they give you because like when you're actually recording you're like very focused on what's next yeah yeah okay let's do gratefuls and my grateful is our rv friends and family we went up to hilton head to see some of our friends who we made on the road and they're now some of my parents best friends they have a son who is my brother's age and a daughter who I absolutely love her so much. Um, she is four. It was her fourth birthday and they did like Aww. a spa party and they like painted the girl's nails and did their hair and I did her hair and it was so cute and they had like bath bombs and little like foot water things. It was adorable. That's so cute. And I babysat all the kids for a few hours so the adults could go out and it was just so fun to like hang out with them and I'm really grateful that we have them in our life. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool the way that the internet has connected people, you know? And mm -hmm. just like Yeah, definitely. We meet a lot of people or we met a lot of people on the road. And we we still do sometimes, like different RV families who were content creators. And my parents have been become really close with some of them and like, they still talk to them even though we're not on the road. And I've made good friends on the road, too. And it's just, like, really crazy how social media does that, which is what we're going to talk about in a little bit. But yes, let's do your grateful. Yeah. Um, I'm really grateful for the gym that I go to. I honestly like the people there who are, like, wildly supportive. And it's one of the reasons I keep going back to that gym because I enjoy working out. But, like, to a certain extent, working out is also, like, not, not, not always what you want to be doing. Um, but it's really the people that I feel like have kept me going um and they're just some of the some of the coolest people in my life right now honestly so I'm I'm just grateful that I had the opportunity to meet them um through that that's nice I wish my gym had more of a see climbers at the climbing gym they're either really friendly or they will not talk to you or look at you at all it's always they're in the zone yeah we I took my friend climbing for the first time a couple weeks ago and there was a guy there who was like yelling at himself across oh. the gym and I'm like I am actually scared for him he was getting so fresh with himself and I'm like all right I'm gonna give you some space back up a little bit okay let's do the bulk because we have we actually do have a quite a bit even though I feel like mm -hmm. I don't usually write this long of an outline but apparently I have a lot of I was looking through it. I was impressed. Over. I was like looking through all the questions. I was like, dang, we're really on it. I know. I usually I try to keep them short and sweet because I will start to ramble if I make an episode too long. So we'll see how this goes. But we're talking about the impact of social media on teens and we're starting with mental health. There's so much to cover there. There's so much and it goes so deep. And we're starting with the negative. Because I want to get it out of the way so we can talk about the positive because that's what I like to talk about. Oh, there's so much. There's so much. I feel like, generally speaking, it's always negative. There's always a negative correlation between mental health and social media and nobody talks about the positive. 
I swear, I went through like 18 articles on this when I was writing this outline. And every single study I looked at had like the words depression and anxiety and like all these awful negative words in it. In like the first paragraphs. I think it's because the usage has ran so unchecked that like the common outcome of the overusing of social media is that and it's the easiest to quantify. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we tend to focus on the negative aspects of things more than the than the positive. Mm-hmm. I definitely think there's also like the body image side of it and like comparison. Yeah. And yeah. I personally find myself comparing like I feel like we all compare ourselves. There's like two levels. There's us comparing ourselves to people with like a hundred million followers like big people who have a big following and this is their job and they're content creators and they're influencers and they have like hundreds of millions of followers on across all their platforms but then we also compare ourselves to like our peers with 150 followers Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's interesting and I don't know how much you've seen of this but there's definitely a big swing um or like a big split in the people who are like really like the workout kind of people who are like everyone needs to work out and it's like this very very intense mentality and then the opposite swing of like it's it's okay to be how you are I think it's very interesting that we have those two very very polarized camps where you can end up on the side of social media that's very like body positive and then the side of social media that's very very just very intense and very workout heavy. I've, I've seen a lot of that. I don't know how much of that you've seen and experienced, but yeah, I definitely have seen a lot of that. And like the negative side of like the very intense side is also like so influenced by diet culture. Yeah. Like I always think of, um, I'm forgetting his name. Oh, what's his name? Liver King is like that really intense side of it. And he's like, do you know who I'm talking about? Have you ever seen any of I his don't. stuff? My dad was, like, went through a phase where he was, like, obsessed with him a couple months ago. And he's, like, this huge guy. I mean, huge. Like, could break my spine in half. He lives in Texas. And he eats, like, raw meat and, like, all these very odd foods. And, like, he's very... He wants to, like, live naturally, right? And he eats a lot of meat and, like, raw liver. And that's why he's called Liver King or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, the more, like, side of it that I'm on that's, like, because, like, my dad's way over there and I'm kind of, like, over here with, like, Spencer Barbosa and, like, <laughs> Caitlin Nolan and those kinds of people. Yeah, yeah. And I think on the surface, like – a lot of the things that the the very extreme side talks about aren't inherently bad. Like this idea that we should like work out and take care of our bodies or like I guess if eating raw meat is, you know, what makes you you feel good. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. The problem is, right. is when those ideas are pushed onto other people in a very harmful or hurtful way or in a way that makes you feel like you should feel bad for the way you're living right now. Because honestly, you don't get better by feeling bad about the way you are right now or at least you don't progress like – healthy. I think that you should want to work out from a place of wanting to better your mental state rather than wanting to not necessarily better your your physical body, but I just think that the the intention is wrong. I think that that's what I come down to is the intention is wrong. Yes, I totally agree. I think that like people who work out 
solely for the purpose of they want to look a certain way that is meeting other people's expectations is what is harmful and what causes people to not stay consistent at the gym. Mm-hmm. But when you know that you're working out for your mental health and your physical health and they're equal to each other and you like appreciate it and you enjoy it, like genuinely you know that this is good for you and is making you feel good, that's when it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just I feel like in past years there hasn't been as big of an emphasis on that. But recently, there's been a massive sway towards this. I towards these two polarities. Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like you know I talk a lot about Caitlin Nolan, and she talks about um, like working out to feel good and for your mental health. And like she has mentioned before that like growing up when she was younger, because she's she's like twenty. 325 somewhere in there so she's like older than us but she's still like in the gen z category Mm -hmm. like it was all about like working out to look a certain way and now there's been this big shift where a lot of creators are focusing on working out to feel good and then i feel like there's this other side of the body image stuff that it's like the instagram model side where photos can be edited and like we forget that sometimes Mm -hmm. like i am a photo editor And I don't edit that kind of editing where you change what someone looks like. But, you know, like lighting and all those things are easy. So it can't be that hard for someone to download an app on their phone and change whatever they look like. Or all that stuff with the AI. I recently saw something that was about like like wild AI filters that you can put on people that make it look so – it just looks real. You know, it went from this girl who was just like no makeup, no nothing. And she – and it was like – I don't know some sort of app for something and I don't know how real this actually is but I feel like the AI stuff is also just kind of wild and what it can do to people like and it makes it look so real it doesn't look like it's a filter it makes it look like oh my gosh and, and, and even now some of the filters on I don't know if they're on Instagram but just in general some of their filters are so realistic looking that it's yeah it, it's if you looked at the filter without having seen the before photo you wouldn't even recognize or you wouldn't even know, you know? And I think that that's also a big thing is people are like, oh my gosh, people can just look like that. It's like, no, it's it's, it's heavy makeup and or filtering. So I think that that's another yeah. big detriment. And I don't think there's a problem with, you know, making certain edits to things, but when you don't make it clear that things are edited and you give people an expectation to live up to something that's unrealistic is the problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm really happy to see there are models now on Instagram who are professional like runway models and they are working really hard to show this is why you shouldn't compare yourself to models. We have our makeup professionally done. Our outfits are like perfectly matched to our bodies. Yeah. I've seen stuff like that as well where it's just so like you can't even compare because it's on a level where like people that are like professionally getting paid like that is their job, you know plan out these kinds of things and do the makeup and the hair and all that. So there's no level of comparison. You just, you can't even compare. It's like, not only is this person a professional model, but they're having professionals do their makeup, a professional do their hair, a professional makes their outfit, a professional takes the photo, a professional edits the photo. And it's like all the schooling and experience all these people have put together. There's no way you can put that into yourself and 
make yourself look like that in reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting though, because like we consciously know that, but subconsciously sometimes it's really hard to get it in our brains that like I can't compare. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because your first reaction for look at you know looking at something like that is, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. Why don't I look that? Or why can't I look like that? You know what I mean? And so it's figuring mm-hmm. out. I don't know. It's just it's hard because it, at this point, I think for some of us, it is so deep. We're just so insecure that at any point when we can compare, we do. So I think that's hard. Yeah, I totally get that. And I feel like when we do compare, like that should be the signal to like shut it down. Yep. Which I do want to talk about in a second, but we have two more little notes because there's like so many negative things. And I like like I selected the negative things we were going to talk about today and there's still like so many more, mm-hmm. which is frustrating. But social media is not everything. Like we as creators are not, we don't owe the people who follow us in our audience to give them any personal information about ourselves. And in turn, they don't owe us follows and likes and engagement. Mm-hmm. And so like we choose specifically what to put out. Yeah, I think the relationship between the creator and the, I guess, receiver or watcher, I don't know what you'd call it, like the the relationship between the the creator and the consumer, that's what I'm looking for, I think is so interesting. And I think it, I don't know, I'm sure we could get into this, but I follow a few different people who really talk about the importance of like creators acknowledging the power that they have on apps like Instagram and YouTube and stuff like that is like, despite everything, that is what you know, people are consuming and we do have to be aware of that. But I think it's really interesting to dive into the relationship between the creator and the consumer. Yeah, me too. And I feel like sometimes we forget that, like, like for me personally, I have a content calendar. My content Mm -hmm. is usually planned out at least a month in advance. My things are edited and put together. And so you're not getting, not only are you not getting real time, but I selected specifically based on what my target audience wants to see what I'm going to push out. Mm-hmm. Like it's not my whole life. My whole life isn't on my Instagram or my YouTube or my podcast. I try to be, you know, as real- realistic as possible, but, you know, we don't share every single thing. We share the highlights of our life. Yes. Yeah. Which I feel like goes into FOMO and especially with people – who are closer to us, like our peers, like I was saying, we compare ourselves to them too when we feel left out of different events that are happening locally. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really interesting take, especially on personal accounts. You know, I've definitely experienced like witnessing other people like go to events or like be involved in things, knowing that like seeing them post about it afterwards, knowing I wasn't invited or just being like, oh, you know, oh, you wouldn't do that with, did that with that group of people. That's, I mean- you know, I definitely think it can create this fear of FOMO since everything can be so public. Obviously, our whole lives aren't public because, you know, we do pick and choose the moments that we want to share. You know, when people's parents are going through a divorce or, you know, whatever it is that's going on in their lives, people aren't sharing that out on social media because that's not what they want people to see. But when they're experiencing those highs, those are oftentimes what you see on Instagram. So it's hard because then we look at people and we're like, oh my gosh, their life is so perfect. And, you know, this is a topic I think that's been covered a lot, but it's this idea that, like, 
not everything is on social media. So you really can't judge a book by its cover in terms of people living a picture perfect life because their life isn't picture perfect. No one's life is. They're just only sharing what they want you to see. And what they want you to see is the best of them, not the worst of them. Exactly. That like perfectly sums up what I was thinking. And I feel like for me, it's hard being homeschooled because I see like my friends from public school um, going to school events that I'm missing out on. And that's definitely like that hits me hard. But then I'm like, I had to take a step back and remember I went and I spent a year on the road. I have a podcast. Like I do all these things that they don't do. And it's like a two-way road. You know, I've had a lot of people tell me like, you're so lucky. And, you know, that was the dream of a lifetime. Like I would give anything to do what you did. And, you know, it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. Just because you feel left out, they might feel left out of your life too. Yeah, I think we all – I think there's a reason we all experience things. Exactly. Okay, now we get to do the positive, which is the fun part and the part that I like. Because personally, after I started curating my feed, I have had a very positive experience with social media. And I, like, if you are intentional with the content you look at and the people you follow, like, I believe that you can have a good experience on social media and, like, really enjoy it without constantly comparing I mean of course I still compare like absolutely but when it happens I know that it's happening and I know that's when it's time to put the phone down yeah yeah I mean I would say I wouldn't say my experience has been all positive I've definitely faced some challenges that are just kind of frustrating to deal with Um, just spam accounts and things that I'm not super interested in and that's annoying. But I think that there are a lot of positives on social media. I think the biggest is the community. You know, I've met like, so like, and that's why I feel like it's so hard to say that social media is all bad or like this, that or the other, because the benefits of social media are the people, you know what I mean? It's meeting really, really cool people. Almost all the guests that I have that I've had on my podcast that I don't know in person are people that have usually reached out to me through social media or that I've reached out to through social media. And I've met some wonderful, wonderful people. I've met you. Um, I've met multiple other people that I'm now very, very close with. And I think that that's just like, that's the beauty of social media. You know, it gives people the ability to connect. And without it, I don't think that there is a way that we would have connected otherwise. Definitely. I mean, there's no way. And like, for like I was saying earlier about like, friends in the RV community, a really good friend of mine, Kelsey, love Kelsey. She's the best. We connected on social media. I saw that her family was also traveling like mine. And I reached out to her because I hadn't met other teenagers on the road yet. And this was like halfway through our trip. I still hadn't met any and I connected with her and we ended up like meeting and, you know, we've become really close because of social media and because of that connection. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's all about balance it's understanding the cons and being able to combat them, um, you know, in return for getting those benefits. Yeah, definitely. I feel like, I feel like if you, like I said, are intentional and you know what you're doing and you focus on the positive side of it and take a step back when you catch yourself comparing or when you feel negative, that's how you're going to have a positive experience. Yeah. Do you think for some people that the negatives outweigh the positives? I do. I think that it depends on the kind of person that you are. If you're someone who is going to, 
like attach yourself to negative things and you are only focused on negative things. You're not someone who, you know, looks at the positive side. You're going to keep focusing on that even online and you're going to continue, continue to compare. Mm -hmm. And do you think it's beneficial for those people to probably delete social media? I think that not every, I don't think social media is for everybody. Yeah, I would agree with that. There's stuff going on right now about the age and Mm -hmm. when you should, like at what age you should be allowed to be on social media and like have access to make these connections and those things. And, you know, personally, I don't have TikTok and I'm not allowed to um, because, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is because TikTok is so it's so easy to connect with people and things like that. And it took a long time for my parents to be comfortable letting me on social media. And the legal age for most platforms is 13. But there are so many kids younger than that on these platforms who lie about their birthdays from the very start. And, you know, I remember like a lot of my friends said that when we were in like late elementary school, early middle school, before we were like 13 and allowed to have it. Their parents would just be like, oh, put my birthday instead. Yeah. And I feel like there's a reason that there is an age in their terms of use. Like they, the platforms, you know, Meta and Pinterest and all these platforms understand the negatives and they want to keep that from young kids. Yep. Yep. I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of accounts with younger children that are, I think, very strangely getting a lot of, um, not that it's strange, but it's it's just very interesting that these accounts have like 10,000 plus followers. You know, these kids that are 10, 11, you know, like very, very young kids just posting stupid content and there's like a ton of people following them. And I just, I find it, I just find that very interesting. And it honestly concerns me a little bit. One, for the kid when they grow up, because it's like, I don't think anyone would like, once you grow up and are in your 20s, I don't think anyone would want, would want to like, have the stupid content they posted at 11 or 12 out on the internet, much less with the big following. Um, so I just, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's very interesting. And I think some of these kids are being raised on social media, which is also concerning. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like, you know, for, there are content creators out there whose parents run their stuff and their Mm -hmm. kids and they love it. And, you know, I love the accounts where, you know, it's a young kid and a parent. Like, that mm-hmm. is okay with me because there is a parent there and they are monitoring it. But when they're, like, my brother is 11. I would be terrified if I knew that my brother, if my brother was on so- social media because of, like, all the negativity. And, you know, I personally and, like, most of the people I know haven't had that stereotypical experience that they talk about a lot in, like, school programs and parents about, like, strangers asking to meet up online and stuff like that Mm -hmm. I've never had anything like that but would what would worry me is the content that is on there and if he was posting what people would say in the comments about him yes yeah the kind of people that you attract that's the concern with younger kids is the people that you're attracting aren't necessarily the people you want to attract yeah and like that's what youtube kids is for like yeah yep that's what it's for. Y'all have your space. There's no comments on there. 
and you know it's supposed to be a safe place and I feel like YouTube does a pretty good job I think they've gotten better I know when my best friend's brother was younger he would watch YouTube kids and there were some things that we were like "Mm, I feel like that should not be on there but now that my younger sister is on there I definitely have seen that it's gotten much better yeah that's that's good to know and I think yeah I think some kids are just like, I don't want to be on YouTube kids because they want to be like older than they actually are. So I think that that's and that's just kids being young and rebellious. And that's where parents need to step in, which is a whole side. That's a whole other thing. But no, I think that there's a there's a good reason for YouTube kids. And I feel like once like once you get to like our age where you have a better understanding of social media itself and like you see the negatives and the positives like. I feel like especially for, like, Gen Z and, like, people our age, we get the spam stuff and we're, like, it's annoying, but, like, we don't care. Like, we know what spam looks like and we just get rid of it. But, like, those young kids don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that you you learn with with age and then just also with maturity, I think, is just being able to, like – you know, you're not as innocent as you were when you were 11 or 12. You know, you can look at something and understand, hmm, they're asking for – my credit card number or this or that or the other like information that I obviously shouldn't give them you know what I mean where young kids are like oh my gosh I would have free like I don't know we you came to my mind but that's not a thing anymore but like a free (laughs) um a free Nintendo Switch or something you know yeah and it's like they they just don't get it yet and that's one of the reasons that like these platforms have these age limits and sometimes it frustrates me when parents are totally okay with their kids lying about their age on platforms because I'm like there is a reason that there is an age like Mm -hmm. I understood why I wasn't allowed to have social media till I was you know 13 14 whatever because that's legal like legal binding legally binding stuff says that these platforms can't accept users that young. So let's talk about how to have a positive experience on social media. Like what can we do to make it better? And the first thing that came to my mind was use it less. Yeah. Yep. Basically. Like take a break, take a step back. I have a hard time with this because I have posted once a day, every day, all of 2023. And I'm not about to like lose that. (laughs) I'm like, I don't want to take a break yet because I've been doing this strong for like five months now. But a friend of mine who is a creator, um, Jaden, she was telling me that she takes Wednesdays off IG. She always takes Wednesdays off Instagram. It's like, that's a really good idea. Like have a set day of the week where you turn it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what I've been doing is I've been, um, and I don't post near as consistent as you do, but what I've been doing is I've been, posting in the mornings and then deleting it for the rest of the day because I noticed that there are particular times when I'm more prone to get on it and just waste my time scrolling. Um, I definitely think the solution to having a better experience with Instagram is to use it less because then it also breaks the addiction. I think the problem is that some people are just addicted. So they're at, I wouldn't say the beck and call of social media, but they're like constantly on it and constantly just like in the zone and in that world. Um, which just isn't healthy. It's not healthy to let something so insignificant and something that really doesn't affect your life too terribly much, um, except when you're on it, have that much influence and impact on you. 
So I think that using it less is definitely the best way. And then it just lets you feel more in control. When you have the discipline to step back and to take control of it, then whenever you do use it, it's intentional and you feel a lot more um, empowered. That's how I've been feeling is that when I'm intentionally on Instagram, I feel a lot more empowered and I feel a lot less guilty about it. You know, when you're just like randomly scrolling for like, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, however long, I think that there's definitely a sense of guilt either before or after or even during, you know, there's a sense of I should be doing something else, but one more real, one more this, one more that, you know what I mean? Um, so when we can take a step back and just distance ourselves from that, I think that we become a lot happier and we become a lot more fulfilled when we do use it because we know, we know we're using it for a purpose or we're using it um, with the intention that we're, you know, going to set a timer or that we're going to delete it. You know, I think that, you know, the fact that I've used it in the morning has really helped me because I only have so long to use it in the morning. You know, I wake up, I do all my stuff. I don't get on my phone right away, um, but I wake up, I'll like get ready. I'll do all my stuff and then I post and then, you know, I have however long until I need to like be at school. And then like once, you know, I'm at school, I've, it's deleted, it's gone. And that's, you know, that's it. So there's a nice built-in time constraint, which has really helped me. Yeah, that's awesome. I have this really bad habit of doing the like waiting till eight o'clock and then like eight o'clock will pass. and I'm like, oh, I'll wait till 830 to like get off yeah. or I catch myself a lot because I'm homeschooled and I'm just on my computer when I do school. I'll have to watch a video for school and the video will play and I'll get bored of it and I'll go to pick up my phone and then I'm like, oh, hold on, I'm supposed to be doing school right now. And so I've started leaving my phone like outside of the room and like keeping it there during school because like I will go and pick it up and I've caught myself like going to pick it up and I can't find it I'm like because it's in my room I can't find it because you're not supposed to be on it right now and I also I also have definitely found myself with the notifications when I post a reel mm -hmm. I I know that Instagram likes it like I know that my content gets pushed more if I shut down Instagram for a while after I post and I've read that, like, that's because they're trying to send you notifications to get you back on. But then I will want to go check and, like, see how it's doing and respond to comments mm -hmm. right away. I'm like, okay, we need to just let it do its thing. It'll be there later. Like, I can come back to it later. Yeah. And then, like, what are we supposed to do when we're not on it? And I think this is something that you really love, and it's, like, getting outside. Yes. I'm a big advocate for that. Anyone who's listened to my podcast or follows my Instagram is like, Maddie probably posts too much about going outside. I swear anytime I'm like, you know, consistently posting, there's something in there at least weekly about like, hey, you should get off Instagram and go for a walk or go outside or look at the sunset. Just because. <laughs> I, I do it a lot too because I'm like a climber and a hiker. I'm like, everybody, go climb, go hike, go, get out, get out in the outdoors. And like not everybody's into that like I am so I'm mm -hmm. like okay maybe you guys just need to take a walk like just get out and take a walk and then I just had an episode with my best friend Raina and we talked about we talked about this in a recent episode and it's scrolling while you're with your friends mm -hmm. and your family and we gave reasons or like ways to like spend time other than scrolling so my thing is spend quality time with friends and family instead of scrolling while you're with them. Yeah. I think the biggest detriment of phones in general is the fact that we're looking down at our phone 
when we're in environments where we're around other people. I think that that's like just hands down for me, the most detrimental part of it because you're losing eye contact and you're losing that um, level of connection. And we've never had anything like this before. Like in the past, when you were around someone, you were just around them. You didn't have a phone to be looking down at or Instagram to be checking. Like you were just, you were just with people looking them in the eyes and having, you know, a conversation with them. I think that setting your phones down is really helpful. Like, you know, I used to go to a particular friend's house and whenever we came over, he had like a basket and he'd be like, put your phones in the basket, no phones at this party. Cause he would get so annoyed when people were on their phones. Um, and so we'd all like set their phones and he'd take them into another room. He was like, if your parents need to call you, you better, he was like, you better, then you better turn on your ringer and have a specific like ringer for your parents. So, you know, cause they're going to be in the, the next room and you don't get to touch it unless it's serious. But he was very like, he was just very strict about it because he hated it. Like too, it was, it was so funny, but, um, I love that. I'm going to start doing that to all my friends. I'm going to get a basket in my room and be like, put it in, put it in. We're yep. closing it up. Cause it's such a, it's a big pet peeve of mm-hmm. mine too. I'm like, I'll sit, I'll go to a friend's house and we'll like, you know, we'll hang out for a minute. And like, I'm sure you've experienced this too. And we'll like go to the room and we'll sit down and we both just get on our phones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we just scroll next to each other for like hours yeah and then there's no like real connection there is that's I don't know I just love people so for me that's what like really sucks the most is the fact that you're just losing that connection you're losing the eye contact you know you go to dinner with someone and they're like texting their friends and you're like really like come on man you know I'm sitting right next to you like we can have a full-on conversation you don't need to text someone else so I think just you know, turning them off and setting them down. Obviously, you still need to be available if parents call or whatever, especially at our age. You know, don't don't be getting in trouble, but also be yeah. aware and conscious of the fact that um, I think it's just sad how normalized it's been in our society. Definitely. I totally agree. And I also feel like we all, most of us at least, have this bad habit of when things get awkward, we don't know what to say, we pick up our phone, like we got a notification or something. Yeah. I do this yeah. so much. Yeah, I noticed myself doing this the other day. Um, I was having a conversation with someone and someone else like walked into the room and interrupted our conversation. I was like, I don't know what to do. And so I just like picked up my phone and I was like just scrolling back and forth between like this, like the, my, um, like the different apps, like slides. I don't even know what to call it. I do that so often. Yeah. Just to avoid awkward conversations. Yeah. And it makes you look like you're busy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like, oh, they're doing something like, it's not like you're just sitting there waiting. Yeah. I do this all the time. Or like when I'm sitting, I caught myself, my mom set a pickup order at Starbucks the other day and I needed to go in and get it, but it wasn't done yet. And so I was like waiting and I waited for like 10 minutes. And like the first two minutes, I was literally doing that on my phone because I didn't want to look up at anyone else in the room. And then I was like, okay, hold on. There is like 10 people in here everybody's either talking to the person next to them or they're on their phone and like it's okay to just stand there and like observe and I feel like Mm -hmm. we forget that sometimes I was in another Starbucks situation like the same thing but we were in Boston and there was like at least a hundred people who came through while I was waiting the pickup order table was full of orders like I mean so many people came through And everybody was sitting on their phones waiting for their stuff. Wow. Like everyone. And I'm like shocked because 
like every single person no matter how old they were like it was from like grown working men to me like 15 and we're all sitting there on our phones like wow yeah it's so wild how it's changed our society um because in the past like I mean obviously you and I aren't old enough to remember it but like you know, people that are older will mention like the fact that you'd walk into a coffee shop and talk with the barista. You know what I mean? There was just a different level of human connection that's so foreign to us now because when things get awkward, we just pull out that phone to avoid the human connection. And I think I think in the long run, that's honestly going to be really detrimental to us. Um, and just to, I don't know. I just think that there is, even if it's just a really basic conversation about how the weather is going, I think that there is something important about connecting with other people. I think there's a lot of value in that. And I think it's sad that we're lacking that a lot in our society. Yeah. And I feel like it's made, it's made it to the point where people who are considered like, if you're a people person, right. And you're very extroverted, Mm -hmm. even then, like, especially at our age, like I am considered very extroverted, but I will still avoid conversations with my phone. Like, Without even, like, thinking about it, I'll just be like, oh, no, I'm not doing this, and I'll pick it up. But let's talk about curating your feed because this is, like, my favorite thing ever, and I know I've talked about this before, but it's something that's really important to me. Oh, wait, do you do this, though? Do you, like, curate your feed, like, often? Yeah, I, I go through who I'm following all the time. Like, you know, what hashtags I'm following, like, what's in my feed, like, is it supposed to be in my, or not is it supposed to be in my feed, but is it giving me any value? And this one guy I follow, CM, I honestly don't know his Instagram handle, CM Duplin, I think. That's awful. I'm butchering his name horribly, (laughs) but it's his last name. It's his first initial, his middle initial, and then his last name. But he's great, but he talks a lot about um, making sure that you're following content, like, creators that are actually giving you value. Um, So I've made sure that, like, is what's popping up in my feed useless nonsense or is it like actually like adding value to my life? You know what I mean? I think that there's a big right. difference between the two of them. Yeah. I always start with like understanding what you want to see in your feed. And I like that we have this option now to do like the favorites on Instagram because mm-hmm. like those, my favorites are usually the people who are like most important to me that I see their content because like they put out the best stuff and like I feel my best when I see their content. Yeah. Yeah. I but agree. I feel like we should all have like a similar goal of like we want to see uplifting and motivating content. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is um, for a lot of people and I, I see this with my personal account is that you like don't want to unfollow people because you just feel awkward about it. You're like, I don't want to unfollow this person. That's just weird, you know? Um, and I went through I went through a phase where I was like, I don't really want to unfollow people. And then I went through on my personal account and unfollowed just a bunch of people that I'm not in contact anymore with. You know, I was like, I just don't have any need to see updates in their life. You know what I mean? Like, for whatever reason, it's nothing against them. We're just no longer in contact. And I don't feel the need to constantly be seeing on my feed um, what they're doing with their life you know, and that was just a personal decision for me. It was not that they had done anything wrong, but I think that that's also important as well as realizing that, you know, if people are unfollowing you, like don't take it to heart, (laughs) you know, and it's okay to unfollow other people. I think that, you know, making sure that you're seeing things that aren't, making sure that you're not seeing things that are taking you down. Like if you're, if you constantly are seeing a particular friend post things about going out with people and this, that, and the other, and you're feeling a lot of um, 
and you're feeling very self-conscious about it, like you just don't have high self-esteem and it's really bringing you down, don't be afraid to unfollow the friend. You know what I mean? Like, I I know that's like kind of a shocking concept a little bit because you're like, I don't want to hurt their feelings, but like it's it's not the end-all be-all. You know what I mean? Right. And I definitely think people take it a little bit too seriously. I'm the opposite. Mm -hmm. I am like an unfollow maniac. I will unfollow everyone and anyone. Like it doesn't matter who you are. If you post something that I don't like or you don't post at all, like I don't follow like any of my grandparents. I love them, but I don't follow (laughs) any of them on Instagram because they don't post. So there's like no point. And I have a very hard following limit. Mm -hmm. On my personal account, I only follow 200 people. Because I know there's no way that I can keep up with 800 people's lives. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's no reason for me to follow that many people. No, I think it's wild when you see people who have, like, follow 1,000 people. Like, it's like, how in the world do you keep up with that many people? I just think it's – no, I would agree with you. I think having a set limit is good. I think it also shows that you'll be more connected with the people you do follow. There's no point in following someone if you don't actually engage in your in their content. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's the other thing is that we're kind of getting away from this idea that like followers matter. I think engagement matters far more. Um, I, I'm annoyed because I have, I recently went and like removed a bunch of followers from my podcast account because they were just inactive accounts or they were accounts that had nothing to do with mine and I didn't know why they were following me. I was just like, remove, remove, remove. And they didn't interact with my content. I was like, there's no reason for you to be following me and you're dragging me down. What I want is engagement. I want my engagement to match with my followers. If all of my followers engaged and listened to my podcast, I'd be in a, in a much different place. But the reality is, is that the majority of the people that follow you aren't going to engage, which I think really sucks. And it shows that people will just click that follow button just to click that follow button. Um, I think if you follow, you know, I think I only follow 50 people on my podcast account. I follow around 100 on my personal. But the people I do follow, I interact with. You know what I mean? They're the Mm -hmm. people that I I want to engage in their content. And I make it a point to. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like for the people who do have, like, thousands on their following list, like, you really just have to take the time, commit, and, like, go through who you're following. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, ask yourself, like, why are you following them? Like, what's the point? Like, I went through – I remember when I first got Instagram, I was very follow-happy. I followed, like, anyone and anyone who's – I'd heard their name before. And then I was like, hold on. Like, why am I following these people? And one of the things that I noticed was, like, celebrities that I really loved. Like, I am a big Harry Potter fan. At least I was. I'm not, like, as into it as I was when I was younger, but – like, I love Harry Potter, and I followed, like, a ton of the people in the cast, and then I'm like, I really don't care what you're doing right now. <laughs> so I unfollowed, like, almost everyone except for Emma Watson because I love her. Or, like, Marvel. My brother and I are huge Marvel fans. I mean, we watched Spider-Man this morning, and I was following, like, everyone, and then I'm like, I don't really care what everyone is doing right now. Like, I don't need to be following them. Or, like you said, like, friends, people that you know, like, in real life, and you're, like, expected to follow them. But if they don't post or they make you feel crappy, like, there's no point. Mm -hmm. And another thing is, like you said, making them feel bad. I realized that when someone unfollows you, there's – it doesn't send you a notification. They won't know that you're the one who unfollowed them. Yep. Yeah. Like, the only way that they would know is if they went through their following and searched your name because they thought it was you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. 
and and people say that there's a way to see it on like in like the Instagram settings, but I don't. I, I think that's BS because I don't think that's yeah. actually factual because I've never figured it out. And there's a bunch of people who's like, if you do this, this, and this, I'm like, no, I think that's just BS. And I think people, yeah, they care, but they don't care that much. You know what I mean? Right. And if they do, that means that they're like extremely insecure. Yeah, yeah, and I think that yeah. And, like, do they motivate you or are they teaching you something? Like, creator-wise, like, the creators mm-hmm. you follow, like, I even say it to, like, the people who follow me, like, do I really motivate you and teach you things? Because if not, like, you don't need to be following me. Like, yeah. honestly, like, it's not necessary. And I don't want to be in someone's feed if I make them feel crappy. Like, I don't want that for them. Yeah. I That's something I've been working a lot on is just making sure my content actually has value. Because I think sometimes we just get stuck in posting you know, whatever, just to post, just to have followers. But it's not, if you're not actually delivering any value to your followers, you know, and there's there's nothing that you're adding to their lives, like what's the point of, one, you having an account and posting, and two, them following you? There is no point. If you're going to, like, if you want to build a following, I think the best way to do that is to provide genuine value. Because the people who provide genuine value are the people who have the most followers. Um, I recently followed James Clear, who wrote the book Atomic Habits, and he has like a mm-hmm. million followers. He doesn't post that frequently, but when he does post, that that stuff will like blow your mind. Like it's amazing and it's so incredibly valuable. And I'm going to sit there and like take the time to read through his entire like essay long post because I know that like <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever story he's telling, whatever it is, is going to hold, it's going to be valuable and it's going to like genuinely yeah. improve my life or introduce me to a concept I haven't heard before. So I think you should aspire to have content like that. And I don't know if I said this, but he has like a million followers. Like he's got a lot of followers right. because he provides good content. You know, he, he right. provides value to people's lives. That's why people like him. I can gar- I can almost guarantee you that at least a fourth of those followers are Keller Williams agents. The Atomic <laughs> Habits book. My mom is a Keller Williams um, realtor. And that book is so big in her office and every mm-hmm. Keller Williams office, like, everybody's read that book in the office I swear and so it's a good book to think about it I still need to read it it's like on my list I have to steal a copy from my mom but like he doesn't post often but it's worth it when he does post Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's another thing you have to ask yourself like if they don't post often enough to where it gives you anything then like are you just following them because it's a courtesy yeah yeah don't follow people out of pity you Mm -hmm. know I think that I did a lot of that when I first started podcasting is I would just follow other podcasters because they followed me. I was like, oh, I did that too. Me. I was like, mm, it's maybe not the best approach to have. Yeah. And I mean, it's good to follow each other when, you know, you want to connect and collaborate. And yes. like, especially like us, we're like a very specific like teenagers with podcasts. I almost always follow them. But like every 20 yeah. something with a podcast, I'm not going to follow them just because they follow me. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, like, they won't know if you unfollow them. Don't be afraid to unfollow people, guys. That's the lesson for today. That's the number one thing. (laughs) Just unfollow them because they won't know. And then I feel like, like, this is the biggest thing. Like, how does their content make you feel? Mm -hmm. Like, if they make you feel negative, like, you have no reason to follow them. Like, at all. Period. Like, there's there's really nothing more to it. Like, if they make you feel crappy or negative about yourself, like, why are you following them in the first place? And then I think this is the last thing, but know when it's time to take a break. Mm. Like, you that have be to be able to recognize that. 
Yeah. And it's like a skill that you have to learn. I definitely struggled with this when I was at the beach. Like I wanted to work like the whole Mm -hmm. time I wanted to record stuff. And I did record a lot of content and I took like my stepmom and I, I always say smom, but she came with, she came, um, it was me, my dad, her, my brother, my sister in Hilton Head. And we went out one morning to do photos and content, Instagram content. And we took like 600 photos. Wow. It was like 661 photos or something like that. And that was just like that morning. And I wanted to go through and like go through them all. But I'm like, no, like I need to enjoy vacation. I can do it when I get home. But I feel like the number one way to know when it's time to take a break is when you catch yourself comparing. Yeah. Yeah. Or zoning out. I feel like like in terms of like if you're on the app, you know, um, when you start zoning out or it's like you're not truly conscious when you're not actually like consuming the content you know what I mean when you're not engaged in it when you're just scrolling because I've noticed that I noticed that at a certain point like past the 30 minute mark I'll just zone out and all I'm doing is like yeah it's just it's just um that muscle memory of just scrolling to the next or looking you're not even really consuming it because you're so tapped out um and I think that's when it gets like that's just when it's not beneficial. Like you're not going to remember anything from that. You're, right. you know, you're like to go into like the sciencey stuff. I think you've gone into beta or theta or whatever the whatever it is. But like <laughs> all this, all the whack science about it is like, no, it's just it's kind of insane, you know. And I don't yeah. fully understand it, but it's not it's not beneficial, you know, when you're that tapped right. out that all you're doing is scrolling and you're not really engaging in the content. Yeah, I get the like scroll and double click to like it, like. Mm-hmm scroll double click scroll double click and you're not even like really paying attention to like what's in the photo which is why the last thing is to pick a day week month whatever it is for no socials however much you can handle Mm -hmm. like pick and set up a time and really commit like delete the app like I know very few people who are capable of that so just try it and like you'll feel so much better afterwards yeah yeah And I think I would say, especially for people who aren't managing a business, like who aren't actively like posting, who are just using it for, um, for like fun, like for the purpose of just having it just for fun, you know, I would say then it's even more important to delete it because there needs to be that separation of, you know, your life and social media. I think sometimes it's hard to break, you know, and I think. Actually, I would say that's also equally important for influencers because sometimes, you know, our identity gets a little too wrapped up in social media and the fact that we feel like we have to be posting. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was I was talking the other day about how like it's really hard doing a job and like doing something where everything you're doing almost always relies on what other people think of you and whether they like you enough to follow you or engage with your content like that is so difficult. And, like, I really appreciate the people who do, like, follow me and engage with my stuff because I know that they, like, it takes, like, a lot to comment and, like, do these things, you know, and, like, leave a really good comment. So I really appreciate it when people do that for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day when it comes to stuff like that, you just got to keep posting because eventually it will land with, right. you know, with someone. Sometimes you just got to keep posting and you just got to keep going because it's not going to land with everyone and it may not land with anyone at first but at some point you know fingers crossed it lands with someone right yeah as long as you're like very passionate and you know what you're doing and you put in the time and energy 
you'll get where you want to go. Well, thank you for coming. This is fun. Yeah, I, yeah. I love this. It's it's definitely still new for me, but I love like having guests on and I hope that like everybody enjoys it and like likes hearing another perspective other than me. Yeah. Like, I think I it's like, fun to just have someone to bounce ideas off of. Yeah. Definitely. And I'm excited to we're gonna do a collaboration reel on instagram so everyone needs to look out for that and you all need to go listen to maddie's podcast because it's awesome and if you haven't listened to the episode on her on her podcast with me in it go listen because i talked about rv life i think the episode that i talked about rv life on here was like one of my best my best episodes Mm -hmm. and i talked about it even more on your podcast than my own yeah so like people definitely need to go listen to that and listen to all of her stuff and follow her Instagram and everything is in the episode notes. And yeah, thanks for joining yeah, me. Of course. And the episode we did together is called Romanticized Life, um, RV Living, Mental Health, etc. and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's only two or three episodes down because it came out fairly recently, even though we recorded it a little while back. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm still so impressed by that. I was like, She's so far ahead. Like, I had no idea when I, I would be so coming up because I'm like, it's kind of wild. <laughs> I don't know how she does it because I will edit like the Sunday night before. I swear. A couple weeks ago, I did it so close that I had it uploaded on, like, I always post on Mondays. I had it uploaded one minute before it turned to Tuesday. <laughs> like, that's how close it was. And I'm like, I don't know how you do it, but I'm impressed. Yeah. I upload between Monday and Wednesday. It honestly depends on my editing schedule. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've been meaning to get more consistent with that. But. <laughs> well, thank you again. And like I said, all of her stuff is down below. So go click in it. Go give her some love. Follow her on all the things. And, yeah, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to give this podcast a rate and review, as well as follow me on all my socials linked in the show notes. Don't forget to drink some water, and I'll talk to you later.